In this bonus episode of Truth Trek, we will continue our focus on praying for evangelistic opportunities. In our last bonus episode, we were praying about having a heart for the lost. We were asking God to break our hearts for those who are headed down the path, ultimately leading to hell, and that should concern us. And so we were praying that God would increase our concern for that. In this episode, we continue the prayer focus, and I want to focus on some of the things that may keep us from sharing the gospel. That would be something to pray about as well. And of course, one of those things is that we often don't have a heart for the lost. We're actually sometimes lack concern for them. And uh, that's part of the uh, article that I'm going to quote some portions from right now. Uh, another excellent article I found from DesiringGod.org. Uh, this one is back from June 11th of 2016. The title of the article is Four Reasons We Don't Share the Gospel. It's written by Pastor Stephen Lee from Moundsview, Minnesota. And he writes some really great things. I'm going to quote some portions that really stuck out to me that fit with our theme today. Uh, so I won't read the whole article for you, but you can search that out on DesiringGod.org and uh, find it for yourself to read the whole thing. So here are the four obstacles to evangelism that Pastor Lee references in his article. Number one was lack of gospel knowledge. And we know that that's very common. We feel like sometimes um, we don't have the know-how or the right words, and so we are hesitant to share that which we are not as comfortable sharing. This is not just true with the gospel. It could be with any information that you're not comfortable with. It can be hard to play the teacher when we don't feel like we know the subject material. This, then, is one of the things that can keep us from sharing. Uh, could we share the essential message of the gospel in 60 seconds, the article asks. The second uh, reason why we don't share the gospel was apathy. Well, this is a big one, and I agree wholeheartedly with this being as a reason. And Pastor Lee writes, some of us just don't care that much about lost people. We wouldn't ever say it, but our priorities and lives reveal it. We make no time in our busy schedules to interact and engage with those who don't know Christ. We have long stopped praying for lost people in our neighborhoods and workplaces. We have no non-Christian friends and barely any ties. Lost people are a low priority. For instance, when was the last time you invited someone into your home who did not know Christ? It's a good question to ask for all of us. The third reason is fear. What will others think of me? What if they don't like me or my family? And some people are paralyzed by the thought of being disliked, marginalized, laughed at, or openly mocked, Pastor Lee writes. We're afraid we'll lose business or get passed up for that promotion. What if they stop inviting my kids to the birthday parties? What if, they, what if talking about Christ makes seeing my neighbors awkward? Um, what if they lump me together with Ned Flanders or the Westboro Baptist Church cult? Uh, those are concerns that people sometimes have. They don't want to be associated with uh, certain types of Christianity that's been done poorly or imitations of Christianity. 
The fourth reason is lack of compassion. We lack compassion for the lost. We've long forgotten what it was like to live without hope, lost and apart from Christ. We rarely consider that those who do not obey Christ will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord. We just don't care that much. We might say we care, but we rarely cry out to God for the salvation of our lost neighbors, co-workers, and classmates. Paul's compassion in Romans 9.3 is utterly foreign to us. I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, the article says. So what do we do with this? We've got four reasons, and there are more, more reasons, many more reasons, but these are four key reasons why we don't share the gospel uh, as we should. Well, the good news is that there are answers to these questions, and the article lays them out very well. The next part of the article says, if making disciples is our mission, how can followers of Christ overcome these obstacles to be conduits of grace to the lost? One of the primary ways we can overcome our lack of gospel knowledge, apathy, fear, and lack of compassion is by gathering together with fellow believers to remember and cultivate our core calling and convictions. Amen, I say to this. This is a great point, and this is why the writer to the Hebrews said we should not give up meeting together. And Paul again and again exhorted believers as they got together that encouraging one another, reminding each other of the truths of Scripture, all of those are important. And you cannot do that if you're not with the body of Christ. We need to be together, we need to live life together, and we need to encourage each other in those ways. The article then says, we are people who have died to ourselves and live for Christ. We have a profound privilege of spurring on fellow believers to love and good works that God has set before us. Some of those good works will be giving verbal testimony to the grace of God in our lives and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost. Within the context of Christian community, another believer can speak and remind us of the very truths we need to hear. Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it this way, We speak to one another on the basis of the help we both need. We admonish one another to go the way that Christ bids us to go. We warn one another against the disobedience that is our common destruction. We are gentle and we are severe with one another, for we know both God's kindness and God's severity. All Christians need fellow believers to help them grow in their understanding of the gospel. We all need others in our lives who spur us on to a greater compassion and zeal to love the lost by sharing the good news of Jesus willingly winsomely, and boldly. So the article gives us then four ways that this can work itself out in community. Before I get into those four ways, I just want to once again say I wholeheartedly agree. It's a great danger that so many believers think they can go it alone, that uh, they don't need the church family, they don't need to gather in a church community, that they can live out their faith just fine by themselves, thank you very much. Well, that's just not living like a Christian. And so we need to take a look at ourselves and see how we're doing these things. Because the four steps to sharing more of the gospel that are uh, in this article that I'll go through in a moment here, none of them really can be done solo. 
we need to be part of that community. And here they are. The first one is pray together for the lost. Again, you can't, you could pray by yourself for the lost and you should do that as well, but you can't pray together for the lost unless you're with the community of Christ. And the article says, as Christians are gathered together in small groups or missional communities, we ought to make it a priority to pray for the lost in addition to our normal prayer concerns. In Acts 4, after Peter and John are released from prison, the disciples gather to pray for God to give them boldness to speak his word. If the early church needed to pray for a greater evangelistic zeal and boldness, how much more do we need to pray similarly in our gatherings? One simple way to consistently do this in a Bible study or small group setting is to conclude your study with this question. What truths did we learn about God and who can we share this with in our spheres of influence? This can naturally transition to praying for those who need to know Christ in their lives. As we pray for God to work in the lives of our lost friends, apathy is transformed to eagerness and readiness to engage others for the sake of Christ. I can affirm this because even in our recent history here at Oasis Church, as we've been pushing in intentionally to pray for the lost, I'm already seeing people break free of apathy. People are excitedly going out and looking with active eyes to see uh, the lost around them, to find ways to invite neighbors and coworkers and praying for family members. And so I think this is absolutely something that is happening here at Oasis Church as our prayer partners are calling each other and meeting together to pray for the lost during these days of prayer that we're engaging in right now. The, the next thing to do is recall the gospel together. The article continues, in 2 Timothy, Paul reminds Timothy of the truth of the gospel to encourage him to press on and be faithful to the message that has been entrusted to him. If Timothy, a student of Paul, a faithful servant, a pastor, preacher, and teacher needed to be reminded of the truth of the gospel to keep going, how much more do you and I need to be reminded of the eternal truths of the gospel? Much of this reminding happens in the context of gathering together with fellow believers. As God's people recall his truths week to week in homes and gathered together in fellowship, we combat gospel amnesia by reminding one another that God's mission is to save sinners through the work of his son, Jesus. As we re-preach the gospel to ourselves and to one another, we'll be more prepared to speak it afresh to those without Christ. Number three, we need to apply the gospel together. In Galatians 2, Paul opposes Peter because Peter's conduct and behavior were not in accord with the gospel. Similarly, we need fellow Christians who will tell us that it's not okay to not care about the lost. Such attitudes are not in accord with the gospel. When fear and apathy are exposed, it is a fresh opportunity to apply the gospel to our own lives. If we are fearful of what others may think, we are reminded that our identity is in Christ and our lives belong to him. If we lack compassion, we are rebuked as we consider God's deep compassion for sheep without a shepherd. Evangelism is one measure of our spiritual maturity. For many, theological knowledge does not translate to fruits of the Spirit, into love for fellow believers, 
or serving others, or sacrificial giving, or evangelism. Together in community, we help one another become more like Christ by being faithful, disciple-making disciples. And number four, the thing that we need to do together is prove the power of the gospel together. If we do not believe the sufficiency of the gospel, we will never share it boldly and simply. Yet, if we truly believe that God's word does the work of conversion through the power of his Holy Spirit, we will unabashedly share the simple and unadorned truth of the gospel. A truncated and inadequate gospel will quickly be abandoned and never shared. But a gospel that can save by grace through faith, apart from works, as a free gift, is believed, treasured, and declared boldly. With fellow believers, we must remind each other of the sufficiency of God's word to do his work for his purposes. If we are confident in the ability of the gospel to transform lives, we can boldly and indiscriminately proclaim this good news with sacrificial love to the lost in the hope that some will be saved. I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Stephen Lee. Uh, According to the uh, website where I got the article, he's the pastor of Preaching and Vision at the North Church in Moundsview, Minnesota, uh, where I'm familiar with that area as me and my wife lived in the Twin Cities area for uh, the first five and a half years of our marriage. So thank you so much, Pastor Lee, for this great article, and it encouraged my soul, and I hope it will encourage the listeners as well. As we think about what was said, let's take a moment now to pray. And again, I like to use the ACTS model, which is just an acronym to remind us of ways that we should pray as we pray each time. And the A stands for adoration. We adore God. The C stands for confession. We confess our sins, our failures before him. The T is for thanksgiving. And the S is for supplication or requests. And so let's pray together using that formula of Acts just as a guide to pray as we continue to ask the Lord to transform our hearts, to give us the boldness to share the gospel, and to move forward fully embracing that great commission which Jesus himself gives to each member of the church not just special people, not pastors only or evangelists only and with a capital E, but all of us get this opportunity and this privilege to share the gospel. So let's pray together. Oh Lord, we love you and adore you. For those of us who have been saved by the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, when we consider, Lord, the work of salvation that you have done for us, we are amazed. It's amazing, Lord, that we have to comprehend or try to comprehend something that is beyond us, and and then we rest on it in faith. But we know that you're the all-powerful, omniscient, that means you see all, and you've planned everything out, Lord, so that all of those who you've called will be saved. And Lord, that's an amazing thing. Lord, we also confess that even after we've been saved again and again, we fail to meet the standards you've called us to. We fail to share the gospel as we're supposed to. 
we fail to demonstrate the life of Christ to others when we when it's needed in our lives. Lord, we confess that. We confess that we have just messed up many, many times. We confess, Lord, that we often have a lack of the knowledge we should have as believers to share the gospel. We acknowledge, Lord, that we have apathy very often, fear and lack of compassion, all of these that keep us from obeying your command to share the gospel. Lord, we confess those failures and we desire to turn from them so that we can fully please you with our lives. Not because we're earning our salvation, but because you've saved us so magnificently, Lord, that we want to we honor you with our lives. We want to glorify you with our lives. We want to see your name lifted high. So, Lord, we want to turn from that sin. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because you've given us this great salvation. We're thankful because... Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. And Lord, for everyone who has come to faith in Christ, it's because you drew them to yourself. And we know, Lord, that our salvation is a completely free gift from you, that we didn't earn it, that we could not have earned it, but that even the faith to believe is a gift from you so that we can't boast about it. And so we're thankful for that, Lord. And we're thankful, Lord, that you've called us to be part of your mission to save others. And we're thankful that we are given a fresh start to reboot, so to speak, and refocus our energy to reach the lost around us. So we thank you for that, Lord. And finally, Lord, our prayer of supplication or our requests to you, our request, Lord, is that you would continue to soften our heart and break our heart for the lost. That we would be able to remember the gospel that you've given to us. Help us to recall the words and help us to get together and remind each other of what your gospel says. And Lord, we want to serve you by being in community as we apply the gospel together and as we prove the power of the gospel together. Lord, please do it. May we see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our lives, giving us the boldness, the empowerment, all of the gifts that we need to share the gospel with others. And Lord, we ask that you would bring into our churches those who you are drawing to yourself, that we may be part of their salvation story not because we want to be part of their story and written in, but because we want our lives to glorify you, Lord. We want to see you glorified, and we know that you're glorified when we're obedient, and we know that you're glorified when sinners come to repentance, because all of heaven celebrates it, Lord. And we ask for the opportunity that we would be able to celebrate with heaven as we see new souls coming into the faith secure forever for an eternity with you. So Lord, please help us to move forward in our faith and to do these things you've called us to do. Strengthen us, Lord. And when we get discouraged, send an encourager, we pray, Lord, to help us to get through and to continue and stay on task. 
Oh God, you have done that so many times in my life where just when I was about to give up, you sent someone with an encouraging word. And I pray, Lord, that if anyone listening to this is discouraged in any way, that into their life you would send your word that encourages us as well, Lord, as a person of faith who can go and encourage that person. Lord, let it be done, we pray. And we pray it in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to leave you with this great reminder of what we have received from our Heavenly Father. From Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, Paul writes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for this bonus episode of Truth Trek as we have taken a moment to think about evangelism together and to pray that God would help us to be spurred on to do more evangelism. And may I encourage you, as I've encouraged my own congregation, contact others that you know are of the faith and challenge them as well to start thinking about how they can be more obedient to Christ in evangelism. Ask them to be part of your prayer journey as you've selected people perhaps that you're going to pray for, that God would give you opportunities to invite to church and to share the gospel with. And let's all do this together. And I've and I would love to hear from you if you've got a testimony to share about how the Lord is giving you opportunities to evangelize with others. I'd love to share and celebrate that with you. My email is truthtrekking at gmail, which is T-R-U-T-H-T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G, truthtrekking at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, uh, at truthtrekking there as well. Um, and there's a Facebook page as well for Truth Trek, so you can find it on there as well. But I'd love to hear from you and, uh, and cheer along with you as we celebrate what the Lord is doing in and through us as his instruments, as he brings the gospel to the world around us. So I hope you've been encouraged today to do and not just hear, and I hope you'll stay tuned in to Truth Trek as we go through the life of Christ together. 